creation of the diaconate comes from the book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and, and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Andrew. As you've heard, um, we are going to be celebrating our 20th year reunion in two Sundays. And it's been a tradition for our church every Easter to take up a special offering for the diaconate, the service arm of our church. Um, But for many people, uh, especially visitors who come from different traditions or different churches, it's a mysterious idea. Diaconate is a strange alien word. It is actually a Greek word. And so uh, today I wanted to explain to you exactly what the word means, explain to you what the diaconate is, and uh, why we think it's important in our church. If you pick up a Bible, you'll see it's divided into two books, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Old Testament is the history of God's relationship with the world since creation, and particularly the holy people he creates, Israel. But most importantly, the Old Testament looks forward. It looks forward to the coming Messiah, to Jesus Christ, who, as Christians, we celebrate. He was the one that went to the cross for us. All of the Old Testament is about him. All of the Old Testament points to him and makes Christ understandable, explains who he is and why he came. The New Testament, the second book of the Bible, is the record of what happened when that Messiah, Jesus Christ, showed up. And the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the testimony, the memory, the anecdotes, the stories that his first disciples told about Jesus, what he said, what he did, how he interacted, what he spent his time doing. Immediately after those four, you get the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the history book of the Christian church. Acts, it refers to the acts of the disciples. What did those disciples that Jesus Christ gathered together, what did they do when they became the Christian church? How did they behave? What did they, how were they received? What did they teach? And one of the things that teaches us is the the challenge of the beginning of the Christian church. And that's what this passage is about. As the church began to grow, 
In a time and place when there were no social services, there was no support system, there was very little government that wasn't just about taxes, the church started to face the challenges of its people, started to face the needs of its people, and began to respond to those needs, just as Christ had responded to the needs of the world and his disciples. And so that's what this passage is about. How does the Christian church that Jesus Christ created through those disciples, how did it begin to grow? How did it respond to the problems of growth and the challenges faced by the people who are members of the early church? In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. By the way, that daily distribution, the word there in Greek is diakonos. The daily distribution is the diakonos, the serving, the taking care of needs, the daily diakonos of food. So in those days, these are the earliest days of the Christian church. After the disciples saw Jesus resurrected and returned in glory to the Father, they gathered together in a room. They prayed, and the Holy Spirit shows up. Tongues of fire descending on the twelve. The Spirit, just as Christ had promised. And through the power of the Spirit... Peter preaches the first Christian sermon. 3,000 people become Christians in Jerusalem, and the church begins to grow. And so these are those early days when the disciples, filled with the Holy Spirit, are still teaching, are still sharing what they remember about Jesus, are still talking about the gospel. The Grecian Jews, among them, complain against the Hebraic Jews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution, the daily diakonos. So within Judaism, and remember that the Christian church began within Judaism, uh, the uh, disciples were Jewish, Jesus was Jewish, the Jewish people were the holy people of God. They had habits. Widows in that time and place had very few resources, uh, didn't own property, didn't, weren't able to work. There were no jobs apart from essentially begging or prostitution for a widow. And so the temple in Jerusalem and synagogues around the country would take care of those in need, particularly the widows. That was the habit of Israel. But the Jew, the, um, what are called here the Grecian Jews... These were those who had spread the diaspora of Jewish people who had spread around the Roman Empire. And there were a lot of them. There were synagogues in most of the cities of the Roman Empire. But, of course, they came back to Israel as pilgrims to go to Jerusalem for Passover. And some of them became Christians. Some of them heard those first sermons. And so now, in the earliest church, you have this mixture. The locals from Israel and the more cosmopolitan, the Grecian, they would have spoken Greek, the pilgrims who were returning for Passover, and you have a mix of them, and they're trying to figure out how to take care of each other. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word 
in order to wait on tables. Once again, the same word. To wait on tables, to serve, diakonai. The same Greek word, it means to serve people, to supply food, to supply needs, to take care of material need. And notice what the disciples are saying. There's only 12 of them. The church is rapidly growing. There's a tremendous call on them to preach and teach and share what they know about Jesus. And so they're saying the ministry of the word is important and the ministry of service is important to the church. So just as there are 12 disciples, we are going to create a new class of people within the church, a new office, a new commission, and we're going to call them the diaconate. They are the service arm of the church. In our church, Presbyterian Church, we have two officers, two kinds of officers. We have people like me called elders, and my official title is Minister of Word and Sacrament. My job is to share the word and to serve the sacrament, do weddings and funerals and things like that, baptisms. But we also have another office, deacons. And just as my commission is to share the word and to do sacraments, the deacons are commissioned by the church and by God to serve the needs of those in the church and the needs of those, our neighbors, outside the church. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry, the same word, by the way, diakonai, of the word. Diakonai means to serve the needs of people. And you serve in two ways. You serve by sharing the gospel, the word of God. You also serve by taking care of the material needs of people. Both are acts of service. Both are explicit calls by God on his people, members of his church. It's the reason that Peter, the disciple who uh, preached that first sermon, refers to the priesthood of all believers. In the Christian church, there is no distinction between professional Christians and non-professional Christians. No distinction between the clergy and the laity, between those who stand up like me and those who are in the church, who become members of the church. We are all together priests. We are all together diaconate, service, service of God's word, service of the needs of the church. And we are all together responsible for the church. The church is not something you consume when you show up on Sunday. You and I, together, are called by God, are filled with his spirit. That's why we are baptized. And together, we become the body of Christ, Christ serving the world, serving the needs of people, both their spiritual needs through the gospel and their physical needs through our diaconate. This proposal pleased the whole group. 
They chose Stephen, a man of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip and Procurus, Nicanor, Timian, Parmenaeus, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, the laying on of, on of hands is an act of commissioning. It is the way the leaders in the church are chosen. When I became a pastor, I went up. It was in Manhattan. I kneeled on the stage, and all the elders of that church, they laid their hands on me and prayed for me, and I was commissioned by them in the service of the church. All Christians are baptized with the Spirit and are called Some choose a particular ministry and are commissioned for that particular ministry. And those two offices are elder and deacon. Their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Three times in this passage, this word is used, and we see that the commission, the responsibilities of those who are deacons, those who are the service arm of the church, is meeting needs, the actual giving of food. The church isn't just about telling people what to believe and helping people hear the gospel. If somebody comes to you in need, it is no good just saying, God bless you. If somebody comes to you hungry... If somebody comes to you needing clothing, somebody who's cold, somebody who's homeless, somebody who needs to be taken care of, it is the responsibility of the Christian church first to meet the physical needs of that person and then to give spiritual food to share the gospel. Just telling people about Jesus is not enough. Christians are the body of Christ in the world. Wherever Christ went in his ministry, he healed people. He met people where they were. He got his hands dirty. He did not stay pristine in the temple, waiting for people to come to him. He went out in the world. He found and met people who were suffering, who had problems, who had real needs, who were desperate, who would call out to him. And he came alongside them. And that is the full ministry of the Christian church. And our diaconate, hopefully, is a reflection of that. Look at verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. (coughs) A large number of priests... It's striking that that is added. Why would Christianity be so attractive to the priests? Well, as I said, back in that time and place, there was very little government apart from military and the collection of taxes. There were no social services. There were no hospitals. There was no social workers or people from the government that would hand out welfare checks. You were on your own in the ancient world, except for the temple. The temple received a temple tax, 
and distributed that money through the priests of the temple. The priests were responsible for the needs of the people to take care of the widows, to take care of the sick. If you read the Old Testament, big chunks of the Old Testament are about how priests are meant to deal with people who are diseased, people who are poor, people who have problems. The priesthood was where people who wanted to take care of other people went. It was their job. It was their call, their vocation. They were, if you want, the earliest social workers. And when they saw this new church erupting and expanding in their midst in Jerusalem, and they saw this new church taking care of the needs of its people in a way that was not at all common, they recognized in that act the God that they had come to serve in the temple. They recognized the attention to the needs of God's people is a sign of God's presence. And it's the reason that they became Christians. By the way, there's a wonderful book um, by Rodney Stark called The Rise of Christianity. And he looks at how this incredible phenomena, this group of Christians, you know, starting with 12 disciples in Jerusalem, how it exploded until the whole Roman Empire became Christian, until now there are billions of Christians. Why did that happen? Well, of course, it was God's will. It was the presence of the Holy Spirit. But there was another reason. The Christian church paid, paid attention to outsiders. Many of the earliest Christians were slaves. Many of the earliest Christians were women who were not respected in that time and place. And many of the early converts became Christians because they saw the way the Christian church took care of each other. Because of the nature of cities in the ancient world, no plumbing, no sewage system, very little hygiene, uh, no trash disposal, ancient cities were filthy places, and periodically there would be epidemics and diseases that would sweep through whole areas killing many, many people. There was very little medicine. They didn't know what to do about it. And so typically, and this was true of rich people particularly, and the Roman elites, when there was an epidemic, when there was sickness going through a region, they would leave. They would leave the cities, just get up and leave, and go out in the country until the epidemic or the disease or whatever it was had burned its way through. And hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of poor people in the cities would die, abandoned, without any support. But then Christianity began to spread. And Christians did not throw their people away, did not abandon them. They stayed with them. They even took in people who were strangers, who were not part of their tribe or their family. And they didn't do anything extraordinary. They just kept people who were sick, clean, they kept them fed, they gave them water. Simple things, but it meant that people taken care of by the church tended to survive, and people around them noticed. These Christians take care of each other. These Christians don't run away. These Christians invite strangers in and supply their needs. And it, was, it wasn't rocket science, it wasn't Miraculous, although, of course, it was because of this Holy Spirit. It was simple compassion. 
taking care of the physical needs of one's own people and one's own friends, but also of strangers, of neighbors. And it was one reason that early Christians were so attractive. They didn't try to beat people over the head with their belief. They just take care of people in need. And that's one of the reasons the Christian church spread. We have a diaconate. Because like the early church, we believe that it is important to have a group of people who are focused on the physical needs of our church and of our neighbors. And the way that we fund our diaconate is by taking this offering every Sun, every Easter. So we're going to do that right now. But I would like you to introduce you to our diaconate. So we're going to do two things. I'm going to invite the diaconate to stand up and come forward. I don't think all of them are here right now. And they're going to say a few words, explain themselves. I would like you to notice their faces. Come forward, guys. Put a line, make a line in front of this table. I'd like you to notice who they are. If you are interested in the diaconate, speak to them after the service. If you have a need, if something's going on in your life you'd like prayer about or support, these are the people to talk to. And also, you'll notice that around your seats, there are nomination cards. We are receiving nominations right now for new elders and deacons. So if there is somebody in you know that would fit this mold, then nominate them. So I'd like to invite those of you who are taking the second offering to do that right now. The, this offering is for the diaconate and will be used by them throughout the year to take care of the needs of our church. Guys, stand in front of the table. I'm afraid of that speaker. It might give you feedback. So uh, introduce yourself. Say something wise and beautiful and not too long. And, um, well, let's see how we go. I'm Andrew Schopp, and this is my wife, Pam. We've been deacons now for a year. Yeah, almost, almost two. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, whatever connection people need from the church, by all means, um, whether, whether it be just prayer, whether it be support, whether it be talk, whether it be financial or material, we're, we're always here to, to help and listen. I'm Hilary Melville. Um, last week I spoke and I said it's important to be willing to be vulnerable, but most importantly to be observant and uh, just make friends with the people next to you. If you're going on vacation, tell them you're going on vacation. And if they're not on vacation, call them to see uh, why they're not there. If there's a need, pass that on to Pastor Tony and he'll connect us. I'm Pam Sharp, Andrew's wife. And uh, as I said before, I feel like the diaconate is just such a great place where if you need a hug or if you just need someone to talk to, we are here for you to support you in any way. Hello, I'm Karen Dulcizian. Um, I've been a deacon for about three years, and I am always excited to meet new people, um, to pray with you, to support you in other ways, and I'm always happy to connect you with others as well. So if you don't know me yet, I hope we'll get to know each other soon. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm Jerry Rago. Um, just, just a quick thing. Lori is with the kids, I believe, and um, Peter and Lindsay Titus are also 
part of our group, and they couldn't be here today. Um, I've been a deacon, I think, about four years now. And as piggyback on what Tony had said, when I first heard the diaconate from our old friend Dave Warner uh, some years ago, I had no idea what that was. I think I've said this before. I thought it was part of the federal government. And I, I didn't know what the diaconate was, but the diaconate has helped me many times. And we try to help everyone who needs us. And we, we do want to do that. So when, when you see the, the deacons up here every Sunday, please don't be afraid to come up if you need help, if you want to pray. Deacons tend to be extremely lonely and in need of fellowship and, um, and praise. So please feel free to come up and um, share anything you'd like. Thank you. So as I said, uh, look at these faces. If there is something going on in your life you'd like prayer about, uh, talk to them after the service. If you are interested in perhaps thinking about becoming uh, a deacon, then talk to these people. Uh, right now, let us end with a prayer. We're going to go to the Lord's table in a moment. But first, let us pray. Let's pray for our deacons. Let's pray for our church. Lord, uh, you came to serve. In fact, uh, as we go to the table, we are going to be served by these deacons, and they're going to be serving you, your body, your blood. Lord, uh, as we receive from you, let us remember that um, you didn't call us just to sit and think and listen to the Bible and think about the gospel. You came to make us, your body, active in the world. Lord, um, help us as we think about what that means. And Lord, um, help us help our deacons. I pray that through our deacons, you would show us what true service looks like, that through their example, we would become more like them, and that together, we truly would become your body, active in the world, taking care of the needs of the world. Not just the need of the world to hear about you and your gospel, but also the physical needs of people all around the world who suffer. Lord, make that a reality in the spiritual life of our church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.